0: Welcome, everyone, to our third week of our series on mental healthiness called Pieces. And today is going to be a heavy topic. We're going to talk about suicide. And I am aware that this may bring up very painful feelings for some of you. Even even memories, unfortunately, of someone that you love and care about in the past. And it's been interesting this week to hear and talk with people in anticipation of this. Be like, this, you know, why would you why would you do a whole sermon on this? Why would we talk about something like this? I'd never heard this talked about in church. Is this an appropriate thing to talk about in church? And I'm like, absolutely should. In America, about one suicide every 15 minutes, one about every 15 minutes occurs. It's the third leading cause of death among adolescents between the ages of 13 and 25. In fact, it's worse worldwide. It's the second leading cause of death among that same age group between the ages of 13 and 25. So if you think this is just something that people who are older and have really fallen on hard times or... No, no, this this is no respecter of age. I share that with you to help you understand how crucial it is that we address this. And some of you, you're going to be hearing this from the standpoint of having a loved one or a friend... Someone you care about who is struggling with suicidal thoughts, ideations, or maybe even behavior. And So this is going to be good for you. This is going to kind of help you kind of process some things in a way that I believe will will help you know how to be with them. We'll say more about that in a minute. Unfortunately, for way too many of you, this is not just about someone you know and care about. This is about you and you're struggling, or you have struggled in the past, or you're struggling now. Thoughts, plans, hopelessness, darkness. And I am so glad that you have joined us because it is my heart's desire to help. I want to remind you that in the seat back pocket in front of you, there is a QR code, or on, on that pocket there's a QR code that I want to invite you to scan if you need resources. We want to help you get the help you need. We can come alongside of you and point you in the right direction and journey with you because there is help. And at any time you can, you can scan that code and, and it'll get you to where you need to be. I also want to be very honest up front to let you know I'm a pastor, I'm not a counselor, I'm not an expert. But I I do believe we can offer direction and hope. Over the next few moments, what I hope to do, even though I can't say everything that needs to be said, and I can't say um, all the things that I wish I could say, we just don't have that much time, what I hope to do is begin with dispelling a, a really damaging, unhealthy, false assumption. A bad teaching that has uh, crept up through the years. And I'll, it won't take long. We'll get that straight. And then I want to speak to those of you who have friends, family, people you care about who may be struggling to help you know what, what your role is. And, and then I'll spend the rest of our time talking to those of you in our church family who yourself, are facing this darkness. So let's begin with something that, um, again, I'm going to put up on the screen a falsehood. This is wrong. That people who commit suicide go to hell. That is not true. That is not in the Bible. That is a lie. That is not helpful. You just need to know that. You, know, you can't find it. It's just not in the Bible. It's not. I mean, for those of you who have lost a loved one to death by suicide, this should bring you comfort. I understand where it came from, and, and you can do the history. I've done the history, the research, and I'm not going to get into any details because I'm not going to call out a specific denomination or religion or anything like that. That's pointless at this point. But I understand it was probably well-intended, right as a motivation a motivation to get people to not take that step in their life so so the thinking goes what is the most unimaginable extreme consequence hell let's attach that to the most unimaginable extreme act of self harm suicide and so you attach those two and You try to help motivate people to not, and while that is well intended, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. And you might be thinking, oh, no, man, you're giving, you're making it easier for people. You're giving people permission. No, I'm not. There's so many reasons. There's so many reasons. We're going to talk about some of those reasons. There's so many reasons to not take that step. But we're not going to lie to people, okay? I'm not going to lie to you. We'll be honest with you up front. So I I want to dispel that right up front. This is false. This is wrong. So lay that aside. And in the next few minutes, I want to try to speak to those of you who have family and friends and loved ones who are struggling. Suicidal thoughts, behaviors, ideations, plans. It can be extremely overwhelming for someone that you love and care about to be struggling and you're not quite sure how to respond in my research, I came across something that Dr. Tim Clinton and Dr. Ron Hawkins, uh, who have spent their their careers researching and counseling and teaching and helping, they co-authored a book together on, on this topic, among other things, and I found this as their way of synthesizing. What's going on in the life of your loved one? And you need to understand this. You need to know this. Whether you know what this feels like or not or can identify with this feeling, this this is where they are. They cannot see any hope that the future will be any different from the painful past or the present. And when you're in a situation that is so dark that you, keep, you look into the future tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, and you don't see any way at all that it can be any different than what you have experienced that is so painful in your past or what you're experiencing now that is so painful in your present. Please understand that when you're in that dark place, death can seem logical. You just can't do it, take it, anymore. And as a family, as a friend, as a loved one, as someone you care about, you're going, I want to do something. I, I want to help. I want to I fix it. I, I, I just want to step in and, and try to do, I mean, wh- what? And it's intimidating, right? Because you don't want to say the wrong thing because the stakes are so high. And you don't want to do the wrong thing because the stakes are so high. And so often we do a worse thing, which is say and do no thing, Nothing. And there's a much better way. Let me pause here to acknowledge the fact that some of you carry guilt because you lost a loved one to suicide and you and you find yourself going, I should have, I could have. What if I would have said, what if I would have, what if I would have been, what if, what if? And maybe some of you have lost a loved one to suicide and you're dealing with anger. You cannot imagine what would bring them to the point. Yeah. If you're dealing with guilt, shame, anger because of someone you loved has made this choice. My prayer is that you would receive God's healing and God's grace and God's peace because it is there for you even today that is not on you and you are not meant to carry the end result of their choice at the same time I do want to make this clear when those around us are struggling with anything but especially in times like this when they're struggling with such a deep darkness The words of Paul to the Galatians ring so true. We're told to carry each other's burdens. I think this would be a great way for the world to work. I think everybody, I think this is a good idea for everybody. Whether you are a Christian or not, believe in God or not, religious or not. Okay, that's just, a. wouldn't it be great if everybody just carried each other's burdens, shoulders each other's loads? But here's the deal. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is not optional. This is a command to us as followers of Jesus. This is the way the church should work. This is the way the community of the family of faith operates. We carry each other's burdens, which means no one carries a heavy burden alone. And in that way, when we do that, we fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Oh, You know this if you attend the summit on a regular basis. If you're new, we're glad you're here. You won't be here long before you figure out uh, that we talk a lot about the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Well, he said, I give you a new command. John chapter 13. Love each other the way I have loved you. That's the law of Christ. And when we carry each other's burdens, we help live that out. Because he certainly carries ours. He invites us to come to him. He says, come to me when you have heavy burdens and I will shoulder that burden with you and give you rest. And when we carry each other's burdens, we do for each other a very Jesus-like thing. So if someone you love struggling, you enter into the pain with them. You enter into it With them and get your shoulder up under the load with them, even though you may not know what to say, and you don't know what to say, and it's intimidating. You may not know what to do. Just certainly don't do and say nothing. Here's another thing that Paul talks to us about. He he mentions this, and we just read this and we gloss over it because it's uncomfortable. We don't know what to do with this. We're told to mourn with those who mourn, grieve with people who grieve, hurt with people who hurt. Experience pain with people who are experiencing pain. Share their pain. Mourn with those who mourn. Mourn with them. This goes beyond, gee, that's, that's so bad. I'm so sorry that you are experiencing that. No, this is actually entering into it as best we can with them. And we really don't even know what this is like. This is really uncomfortable, right? It, it's, it can be very uncomfortable being around people who are in great pain. We don't know what to say or do. It's awkward. You know, in the first century... This is fascinating to me. And still, in some third world countries, we see hints of this now. But especially in the first century, in, in Jewish times, they would hire mourners in the Jewish community. And there were other communities that did this too, but they would hire mourners. They would hire people to mourn and grieve with the family when the family was grieving the death and the loss of someone. Or when someone was going through something very tragic, they would pay people to join the procession and mourn with them publicly. You say, well, that just seems so odd. Doesn't this seem odd? That seems strange, right? What do you do for a living? I mourn with people. It doesn't pay much, but. As odd as that sounds to us, that shows us the power of sharing in people's pain. It's such a big deal that people figure it out. My loss is so great. I need help mourning this pain, this loss. We just don't do it very well, do we? i tell you what it's about. Let me summarize it like this. It's about the power of presence. Not the power of knowing just the right thing to say. Not the power of knowing just the right thing to do. But the power of simply being. Being with. The power of presence. That's what Paul is getting at when he's like, carry each other's burdens. Mourn with each other. Being there and committing to the process of being there, which takes time. They didn't get into this darkness overnight. They probably will not get out of this dark place overnight either. They need someone to commit to a process of helping them. Yes, when you're with them, you can watch for signs, you can pay attention, so you can help them get the help they need. You can listen and you can encourage and all those things, but even when you don't know what to say, even when you don't know what to do, being with and being present has such power. So if you have a family or friend, someone who's struggling with suicidal thoughts, ideations, or experimenting with suicidal behavior, be... With them. Enter into this with them. Now I want to spend the rest of our time talking to those of you, and way too many of you, who are personally struggling. And you hear me talk to everybody else and you go, yeah. Or maybe you're like, well, yeah, but you don't know my situation. You're right, I don't know. And everybody's journey is a little bit unique, a little bit different, but there are some similarities And here's what I know about your situation, even though I don't know the details of your situation. I know that if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, ideations, plans, behaviors, here's what I know. You just want the pain to stop, don't you? You want the mental pain, the emotional pain, the physical pain, you want it to stop. You've tried a lot of stuff. And maybe you think you've tried everything. You want to stop. You want to stop feeling like you're a burden on your family and your friends, your community, your group, the world around you. So you're looking for a way to fix what up to this point doesn't seem fixable. So you're thinking about taking matters into your own hands. You're just wanting to get to a place where you're not always feeling this way and looking at the future thinking it's never going to change. You're just tired of being so hopeless. It's not that you want to die, it's not that you want to die, you just want the pain to stop. And death, at this point, may seem like the only logical way. To end the pain. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Okay, try to understand this. Not not because you're incapable of understanding, but sometimes the pain is so great and the darkness is so deep and dark, it's hard to see. It's hard to see. Remember we talked about last week? We talked about depression. We talked about the distorted reality. It's hard to know your reality is distorted when you have a distorted reality because it's a distorted reality, right? It's it's hard to but please try to receive this. Suicide doesn't end the pain. It just transfers the pain. Suicide doesn't end the pain, it just defers the pain to those around you. And those of you who have lost loved ones to suicide can testify to the fact that that is true. Maybe you're like, I I hear you, but I am hurting so badly and I've been hurting so long, I'm just kind of numb and and I, I want to care, but I just don't care that much anymore. I, I don't have the energy to care anymore. In fact, I think it'll actually help people if I'm out of the picture and it won't be a burden on them anymore. Nothing could be further from the truth. You're telling yourself that or you're hearing that or you've received that. That is a lie, that is a distortion. There's so many reasons, so many reasons for you to consider journeying through this pain, past the point, and you can get past the point of considering the choice of suicide. There's so many reasons to, to keep going, to keep moving, to keep working and healing and let me just give you a, a few to consider. Please understand. As your pastor, I want you to know that our life is not ours to take. I don't mean to be disrespectful. I don't mean to be preachy. I don't, I don't mean to be condemning in any way or insensitive, but you need to know that your life is not yours to take, no more than anybody else's life is yours to take. Our life is not ours to take. This concept that we have, you know, we have absolute reign over our own lives and our own bodies, and it's my body, and I can do what the, whatever the heck I want to do with my body. I'm like, what? Where did that, that's just such a a false foundation by which to live your life? It's just not true. Your life is a gift from God and does not belong to you. Ultimately, it's His. And our lives are a gift from God to steward, to manage. So our life is not ours to take, it's a gift from God to steward. He says when it ends. The scriptures teach us that God is the one that determines the length of our days. Again, I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty or put pressure on you. I just want to be honest with you and and tell you the truth. And this is the truth. Your life is a gift from God. It belongs to him. And as painful as it may be, and I know it's easy, it seems easy for me to just say that, and I have absolutely no idea the depth of the pain you're experiencing. Granted, I get it. But as painful as your reality is, your life still does not belong ultimately to you. Secondly, I want you to know this that when you make the choice of suicide, you miss out on God's future purposes and plans for you. You just do. And again, you may be in such a dark place, you could really care less. I mean, it sounds nice. That, I mean, who wouldn't have that, right? That's what you wanted. That's what you hoped was gonna happen, but you have convinced yourself, or maybe you, you have allowed yourself to be convinced, or everything around you is just making you feel that that's not an option for you. So, no, you, you'll miss out. You'll miss out. Here's the deal you have no idea what God has planned for you next. You have no idea, but don't you wanna know? Don't you wanna know? You have no idea. God's plans and purposes for the future. All you're doing is assuming that the future is going to be like the past or the present. And I, don't, and I understand that's a very painful thing to work through. And I'm not making light of that at all. And again, I don't want to come down on you, but I just want you to know, don't miss out. Don't miss out on the future plans and purposes that God has for you that you have absolutely no idea. You have no idea what God has up his sleeve. But don't miss it. Don't cut it short. And don't, please, I beg you, make a permanent choice because of something temporary. And your pain, as painful as it is, I promise you, even though I don't know the depth of your pain and I don't know what has happened to you or is happening to you or what you're feeling, I don't, I don't, but I can promise you it is temporary. It may be long, it may be longer than you hoped, longer than you imagined, longer than what is fair. Maybe you have had way more than your share of pain and we would all agree, but it's still temporary. Don't make a permanent choice because of something that's temporary. I turn us to the words of Paul in the first century Paul, who has his fair share of pain, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. I mean, this guy, this guy had been through a lot. And here's what he learned. This is interesting. He said, therefore, we do not lose heart. I've learned, I've learned not to lose heart, not to throw in the towel, because outwardly, even though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly, inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. Now, Some of you go, that's not what I'm going through. He don't have a clue. Okay, okay. his experience of what his pain was like may be different from your experience of what your pain was like. Maybe you go, that is my world. My inward world is wasting away. That's where my world is falling apart, is inside where no one can see and what I experience and feel and everything. I get it, I get it. I'm not saying your pain is exactly like Paul's. I'm saying, notice what Paul is saying. He's saying outwardly, where I'm wasting away, but there's more going on than meets the eye. There's more going on here. There's more to the story. There's another layer. There's something else happening than just what I experienced. That's what he's saying. And I can say the same is true for you. Even though I don't know your pain and Paul didn't know your pain and Paul may not have gone through the exact same thing that you're going through right now. There is more going on than meets the eye. It's bigger than you think and feel and experience. Because when you're hurting and the darkness gets so deep, all you can see is what you see. All you can feel is what you feel. All you know is what you know and it's like you have blinders on and not by choice, it just happens. It happens automatically, you don't even realize it. And, and Paul is like saying, there's more, there's more. I've learned, I've learned I don't have to lose heart because there's more. Then he goes on. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And again, okay, don't throw a rocket, Paul, okay? Light, this guy hasn't been through anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's been through, I mean, he's been through a ton, been through a lot. He's not saying light because they're easy, because they're not heavy. He's just saying in comparison, in comparison to what God is cooking up, in comparison to eternity, in comparison to what really matters. Remember we talked about last week to zoom out To zoom out and get a broader perspective, a bigger perspective, that's what he's talking about here. He said, in comparison, when I see the bigger picture of what God is up to and what God is doing, even in my life, then in comparison to what God has in store for us, what I'm going through now is light and momentary. It is temporary. It won't always be this way. And he finishes, he says, so as a result, We're going to fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on what I feel, not on just what I experience, not just on the here and the now, but what is unseen. Since what is seen, what I see, what I feel, what I experience is temporary. It's temporary. But what is unseen, what I don't know, what I don't see, what I can't feel, what I can't experience yet, that's eternal. Elevate our perspective is the point. Yes, that takes faith, that takes trust. That's where hope is found. And maybe you need help and I'm not saying, hey, you just need to do this. It's not like take two of these and call me in the morning and everything is fixed by Thursday kind of thing. This is a process, but it begins by zooming out and going, okay, it's not just about here and now and my pain here and now. My pain is, okay, there's something bigger going on. There's another story and I don't want to cut that short and I need to find the strength and the grace and the help to trust what God is doing that I can't see and I don't know and I don't feel while I'm trying to survive what I do see and what I do know and what I am feeling. So if you're struggling, I'm going to give you just a few things to consider Why you need to keep living. Why you need to stick around. Why you need to keep putting one foot in front of the other. First of all, you need to know that your life is good. Your life is good. Even though your current state of living may not be all that good. There's a difference. Your life is a gift from God. It is a good gift. Thing You have no idea where God is taking this. Don't cut it short. Even though things may not be good in your life, your life is good and worth living and God is not done working in your one and only life that he has given you to steward. He's not done working in those painful things to achieve good. Not that they are good, but don't cut the process short. And I know that's, I know I know if I'm, if I'm sitting where you're sitting, you're going, dude, That's great for you to say, but it doesn't change my reality. I understand. But receive this as true, even if you don't feel like it's true. Your life is good. Secondly, you have purpose. You have value. You have worth. You are needed. There would be a void without you. Avoid in your friends, avoid in your family. You may have convinced yourself they don't need me, they don't want me, they'd be better off without me. That's a lie, and that's a lie straight from the evil one himself. That's a lie from Satan, that's a lie from the devil, it's a lie from Beelzebub. I don't care how you want to say it, it's just a lie. And it didn't come from God, it didn't come from his spirit, and it didn't come from a place of love. I can promise you that. You are needed. The world needs you. This church needs you. People around you need you. And you know what? I'll take it a step further. The work of God on this earth needs you. There's certain things that God wants to use you to accomplish in the world. Don't cut that short. You are needed. You have purpose. The thought that they would be better off without me is a distorted reality. It may be your reality, But it's distorted, like we talked about last week. And it's hard to see how distorted it is when that's what you think and feel. But just hear this. Just believe me. Take it as true. Just for now, consider. You have purpose. Let me say it one more time, because when you're in a dark place, sometimes you need to be told over and over and over again the same things until it begins to really resonate. You're paying It's temporary. I promise you. It's temporary. Don't make a permanent decision based on temporary pain, temporary things, temporary situations. I didn't say your pain is discounted. I'm telling you, it's temporary. And one last thing. I don't don't know another way to say this that doesn't sound cliche, but there's help. You need help, there is help. There's no shame in needing help. There's no shame in wanting help. There's no shame in receiving help. There's help. There is healing. There is strength for you. And if you are in this dark place because of something in your past you did that you can't get past or live down, you need to know this there's forgiveness for you, there's grace for you, there's a second chance, there's a third chance there may be a fourth chance too. There's grace for you, certainly. More than you're comfortable receiving, probably. So There's help. You can do this. Yes, it's going to be the most courageous thing you've ever done is to put one foot in front of the other, to get up and do another day. Fight through the pain. Get up, do another day. Let me tell you the strongest people you know. Let me tell you the strongest people you know. The strongest people in this church, the strongest people joining us online, the strongest people in your community, the strongest people in your neighborhood, the strongest people in your family, the strongest people around us are those who suffer in silence each day. And keep going. And you have no idea the level of pain. You have no idea the level of darkness. I have no idea And if you're one of those people, hear me loud and clear. You are strong. You are brave. You are braver and stronger than any of us can imagine. And I honor you. And I applaud you. And I'm so grateful for your strength. But you need to know this. In the times when your strength has come to an end, there is more strength available to you still from your heavenly Father. He will be strong on your behalf and with you and fill you with his power to keep putting one foot in front of the other. There's help. It's going to take strength, but you got it. It's going to take bravery, but he will give it to you. It's going to take courage and guts, but you can do this. There is help. And you're going to need people, but you're going to need healthy people. Okay, You're going to need healthy people in a healthy community. You're going to need healthy people around you to help you get healthier and they're there. Receive it. I, I don't know how badly you're struggling. I don't know how deep your darkness is, but I remind you of what we've seen all along in this series and I ask you to receive this. I ask you to accept this, that God made you, God loves you, God is with you. Which means you have purpose and hope and you are not alone. In fact. You just just say this to yourself over and over and over again. Sometimes we need to talk to ourselves. We've talked about this. Sometimes we need to tell ourselves the things that are true about ourselves. Because, see, that's what happens. You're already doing that. And they're like, they don't need me. They'll be better off without me. I can't go on. You're already talking to yourself. Right? So let's tell yourself true things. Let's talk to ourselves about the true things and, and not believe the lies. Let's believe what is true. I mean, if you're going to talk to yourself, be straight up and honest about what really is true. And this really is true. God made me, God loves me and God is with me. I know I'm hurting. I know I got questions. Me too. Me too not just about my life, but about yours too. I don't understand why some of you hurt the way you do. I don't understand, I don't like it. It seems like some of you have had way more than your share. I call out to God on your behalf with great questions, but I do know this, God made you, God loves you, and God is with you. Which means you have purpose and hope. You are not alone, even though you may feel lonely. You are not alone. I dropped this. Let me pick it up here. This card. We've given you one of these each week. We're going to give you another one today. And, And this one is from King David, who we talked about had his own real struggle with mental healthiness. In Psalm chapter 42 and 43, it's fascinating. David said the same thing to himself several times over and over and over again. And sometimes you have to do that, right? You tell yourself, you tell yourself, you keep talking to yourself the things you need to accept. Here's what David told himself repeatedly. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Come on, David. Come on. Come on, David. Put your hope in God. Come on, David. I will yet praise him, my Savior, and my God. Maybe you need to call your name in that. You need to read this to yourself. Dwell on this for yourself. Say, why am I, come on, come on, why am I so, so downcast? Why am I so disturbed? My hope is in God. My hope is in above. My hope is in what I can't see and I don't know and I don't understand yet. My hope comes from a place beyond me. It's not from within me, but it applies to me and it is for me. Let me pray for you. Our Father, wow, this is heavy stuff. For my friends who have friends and family who are struggling and hurting in ways that we can hardly imagine, Give them the strength and the grace and the courage to be present, to enter into the pain, to shoulder the burdens and be with those they love. And for those who are experiencing the struggle themselves, they're in the darkness. May they know the power and the reality of your presence in the midst of their pain. Father, may they receive the truth that their life is a gift, belongs to you. May, May they know that this pain that they're experiencing is temporary and that they have purpose and that you are working behind the scenes in ways that we have yet to discover and help us to be able to broaden our perspective and zoom out and put our faith and hope in what you see, not just what we see, and what you know, not just what we know, and what you are working on, not just what we feel and experience. For those that feel so hopeless, may they receive hope from you. In Jesus' name.